I think since we've seen the outbreak of coronavirus and COVID-19 spread across the world, there are fears for people's loved ones, but there are also fears now that are coming out, particularly amongst the Chinese and East Asian communities, not just in the UK. Fears for their safety. Uh, We've seen racist attacks. We've seen increases of racism, whether that's online or actually on our streets. And that has been a a real concern um, for members of our community now, particularly over the last few weeks. And when we've seen the British politicians and uh, Donald Trump really label this as a Chinese virus, giving it a race, giving it an identity that it clings to a group of people or an ethnicity, I think that we have seen that fuel added to the fire of existing racist views and prejudices. My name's Sarah Owen, I'm the MP for Luton North, I'm also Chair of Chinese for Labour. In terms of the issues that we are seeing, there are issues that existed before but they are issues that have doubled, sometimes trebled in terms of the numbers of people affected. You've got people going to a food bank for the very first time, people that used to donate to food banks who are now saying, I've lost my job. Um, I don't know what, what to do. I don't know where to get food. People accessing universal credit for the very first time. So in terms of casework for me, my team and a lot of MPs that I know, they, it's gone through the roof in terms of demand, particularly around housing. We're seeing people really struggling with rent, with utility bills um, and struggling in a way that we've not seen for a very, very long time. The real change from what they were expecting in terms of herd immunity through to full lockdown is going to challenge people's trust in the government and trust in the advice. But there will also be some people that really genuinely want to follow the government's advice. But actually, it has been harder than it should have been to follow because it has been poorly communicated. Whether that's whether you work in the health sector, whether you work in public services, whether you're a business owner who doesn't know exactly what to tell their employee, like it is really difficult in terms of getting clear guidance sometimes from the government Uh, perhaps you could sort of take it on the chin take it all in one in one go and allow the disease as it were to to move through the the population it has got better but there are areas which we are still asking questions i've seen the impact on the chinese and east asian community and it ranges very much from very subtle instances where you will see people walk an extra metre away from a Chinese person through to not sitting next to them when before we had the lockdown and before we had the social isolation um, in place. uh, I wrote an article with Hope Not Hate about an example before we'd even seen the first case in the UK where I went in to go get a coffee and the place was absolutely packed. And there was one table with six available stools by this bench and there was just one Asian woman sat there by herself and nobody sat near her and people were choosing to stand. And that could have been unconscious or that could have been just the people's fears. But it was it was very apparent to me that what was happening and what we were seeing through to seeing that Singaporean student who was attacked in Chinatown Um, Even my own mum, who's been in this country over 40 years as a nurse, um, we used to get quite a lot of racism as as young people when we were young um, as kids, and I remember her facing some of it. But that was 20 years ago, and she was just walking down the seafront just at the outstart of this coronavirus outbreak, and a bunch of kids started hurling 
racist abuse at her walking my dog. It was a subtle undercurrent through to what we're seeing now, which I would say is blatant racism from the likes of Mail on Sunday, which we saw uh, printed this week, where they had images of dogs in cages, cats in cages, um, statements like, when will they ever learn? Um, stereotyping a whole ethnicity and a whole country for their own political agenda. And as a result of that, whenever it happens, I see a spike in the number of racist comments and attacks that I would receive in social media. For example, this weekend, people would send me images of Chinese and East Asians eating live animals through to commenting about whether my partner has yellow fever, accusing me of being a member of the CCP. It's, it has lifted the lid on something that I think was existing, but now what we're seeing is right-wing media outlets, but also Tory politicians, sadly, using this pandemic for their own political gain. I think when people see racism and racist comments and attacks from the top to Chinese people and to East Asians, it all of a sudden becomes even more acceptable than it was before. It seems like one of the last acceptable forms of racism is against Chinese and East Asians. We saw Piers Morgan before the coronavirus outbreak just get away with a non-apology for mocking Chinese people in Chinese language live on television. I only drink yang yang dong dong yang ming ming. No. No. Piers. They got away with I'm sorry if anybody was offended. It's absolutely not been enough coverage about the racism and the attacks that Chinese and East Asian people have faced. One of the things that I have noticed is that it is often left to Chinese and East Asians to point out themselves when racism is happening. And we do need everybody to stand up and say that this is not acceptable. We saw a really fantastic movement just before the social distancing um, took place and the lockdowns took place where it was started on Australia and it was I will eat with you because at the beginning of the coronavirus out outbreak, um, even before we'd seen it spread across to Europe, people had just stopped going to Chinese businesses, Chinese restaurants for the first time in Chinatown um, at Chinese New Year, it was pretty much empty. And one of the ways that people were showing solidarity was a hashtag, I will eat with you. I have to say it was like one of the easiest and tastiest ways to show solidarity with a group of people was to go and eat some really nice food. But unfortunately, we can't do that anymore. And what we also need to see is that when Trump stands up and blames an entire nation for a virus and a pandemic, that we need to see our political leaders say that that is not acceptable. I have seen Sadiq Khan do that incredibly well. It would be nice to see that replicated across other political leaders as well. Challenging racism whenever you see it is always a positive step and would make, I think, Chinese and East Asians feel like they're not on their own throughout this crisis. So whether you see it on social media, even if it's the subtle, well, it came from China, therefore they must find a solution sort of attitude, or it's their fault in the way that Damien Green had alluded to in his recent article around us being unhygienic, for example, really challenging that and just questioning where that's coming from and where the evidence is for that. I think highlighting the positives. So a large number of our key workers, our essential workers, particularly in the NHS, are Chinese and East Asians. They've come here to work, 
to help people and we really need to be promoting them and thirdly I think media outlets really need to be a lot more responsible in the way that they're reporting at the beginning of this outbreak whatever news story it came with it would always have a Chinese or an East Asian person with a face mask now that really stereotyped this pandemic as an Asian and as a Chinese pandemic and actually it's not this is a crisis for everybody people also say Chinese as if we're just one big homogenous group and we're not we're lots of different um, groups within that um, if you take my mum for example she's Chinese Malaysian she's Chinese parents but they were born in she was born in Malaysia and so there's different many different languages so when it comes to having one homogenous group that can stand up against racism and have the same aims and the same agenda um, and also say facing the same barriers actually we struggle I think as a group of people to be able to unite as effectively as I think as other groups have done in standing up and stamping out racism. The fact that I'm the first Labour Chinese ethnicity MP ever is you know pretty disappointing in terms of equality when we've got one and a half million Chinese and East Asians living in the UK so I think we do lack representation and it's not for a want of trying we have uh, Chinese to Labour just celebrated our 20th anniversary as an affiliate to the Labour Party and we have always been a strong advocate of saying we need more and greater representation all the way through we've got handful of councillors but we have scores of activists up and down the country as well um, and to have them playing a much more front-facing role would be huge in saying actually we have a voice in politics we have a voice in terms of standing up to this racism and we should be using it and the same goes for our faces in the media there are some fantastic artists Active, activists, uh, actors, actresses um, from Chinese East Asian backgrounds and a large number of them are telling us constantly that they get stereotyped for roles, typecast for roles. Um, either they're not Asian enough or they're too Asian for, for some roles and there does seem to be a cultural bias still within our mainstream media when it comes to Chinese and East Asians. I remember door knocking a good few years back and um, somebody, this this man said, oh, I'd always been Labour. And I had this woman with me and it was her first time door knocking and she'd just done the training and she stood next to me and she said, she was just following me around doing the door knocking. And this bloke said, I've always, I've always been Labour, I've always been Labour. And I was like, okay. And he said, well, I'm not thinking about voting Labour this time. And the issue was immigration. I said, well, what sort of immigration don't you like? What, do you want to talk about what it is about immigration that you don't like? And he listed a whole number of countries that he didn't like people coming from. And then he went, I don't mind the Chinese though. They're quiet and obedient. Now, that's the sort of stereotype that still manages to exist. He did go on to say, well, I don't mind them because they're hard working as well. And I said, well, given that I am mixed race, I guess I must have just got the hard working bit. But he, that's that level of ingrained racism and stereotyping of an entire country and ethnicity of people, it's still ingrained there. And it's not ever really been challenged because I don't think we have the platform to challenge it.
there was an uptick in the this level of racism after Brexit. I think there was um, examples that we had seen where people just said, "Well, you, you know, we'd voted for you to leave the country." Um, my mum had gone to work one day. Uh, she works as a nurse and there was uh, a group of Filipino nurses that had come out of one of the side rooms and they were quite upset. And this was immediately after after um, Brexit referendum. And this guy had said, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be um, cared for by you. I want an English nurse. And so my mum had gone in and said, look, you know, you've got probably about a week. Um, so you can either be cared for by me and my team or you're going to have to sit here and wait for a whole week but it kind of just gave people I think again the permission to say something that was probably underlying in the first place even when we were out campaigning my mum was sat and she was talking as she sat there telling with your different rosettes on she was sat talking to the Lib Dem and there was a UKIP guy a young man next to him and they were talking about Brexit and Europe because when you're sat there for a couple of hours just asking people numbers you you end up chatting to people and my mum had given her opinion and the young UKIP lad said well what do you even know you're not from this country and my mum had said I've worked in this country longer than you've been alive but there was that level of racism and the feeling that she shouldn't have an opinion about something like Europe or Brexit or the referendum and then afterwards seeing and witnessing East Asians and Chinese people being told that we'd voted out of Europe so therefore all immigrants needed to go. What happened to the young Singaporean man in London and the physical attack that he received and the verbal abuse around we don't want your coronavirus here is something that Chinese and East Asians when they go outside now fear will happen to them you saw his face you saw the black eye that he received that doesn't matter whether you're actually coming over from another country whether it's Singapore or East Asia or China and walking the streets or whether you actually haven't been to any of those countries and you just happen to be East Asian or Chinese living here I think that fear now is in the back of people's minds I do worry that when we see people like Ian Duncan Smith when we see Michael Gove and when we see um, Damien Green ramp up their rhetoric against an entire nation rather than necessarily a government I worry that we will see an increase in attacks like we saw in London on that young Singaporean boy. When I'd written the article for Hope Not Hate, I knew that it would just invite so much. The racism that we were trying to point out where people go, it doesn't exist. And then if you look down the timeline and down the Twitter feed of it, it's there. Um, one of one of my pet hates, whenever we talk about racism against Chinese and East Asians, is that people will automatically go, well, there isn't any, I've not seen any, where is it, prove it. And then they're inviting me to find and to experience and to face again the racism, to go and find it and show it to them and prove it to them. I don't have to prove it to anybody, it's there. You just have to go and have a look at some of the Twitter feeds and on Facebook and some of the misinformation that's being spread on 
platforms like WhatsApp right now uh, about where this virus originated and what different countries are doing to try and stop the spread. I get um, quite a lot of conspiracy theories posted on my Facebook page or sent to me um, regularly. And I, I, I actually think that a lot of people haven't twigged um, that necessarily I'm mixed race or that I have any East Asian Chinese blood in me. Therefore, I don't think they realise that it could actually cause quite a bit of offence. It doesn't stop it. And people are saying it as if it is fact. And they don't actually know. Uh, Damien Green did exactly the same thing in his article. He printed something as if it was fact. And actually, people still don't know where this virus came from or how it got to become spread from human to human in the way that it has. And I think people really need to be careful about the misinformation that's out there because it doesn't just cause damage in terms of to our society, it can also cause damage in terms of people's health if they follow advice that isn't real, isn't true. So I've always said to people, look at where you're getting your information from, make sure it's a reputable source, whether it's the NHS or a government website, which is up to date, and you have a job to not spread misinformation, which could be hurtful, could be racist, and ultimately could be dangerous when we're facing a pandemic. I think now is the time that we really need to see our political leaders of all colours and persuasions standing up and saying, this is a pandemic, this is a virus, it knows no boundaries, it doesn't care whether you are white, black, yellow, it doesn't matter what race or ethnicity you are, this coronavirus is affecting all of us and therefore we need an international response, not one that seeks to divide and spread hatred.